0: Are you a developer or conversational designer looking to excel in the latest AI platforms? Or maybe you're in marketing looking for the latest in audio branding and customer engagement. Or maybe you're a startup, a business owner, an investor, or simply want to know about the future of voice technology. Then Voice Summit held in Newark, New Jersey this July is for you. Get your ticket at voicesummit.ai. That's voicesummit.ai. We can't wait to hear your voice and meet you at the conference. In this episode, voice creator Pete Erickson and podcast host Terry Fisher of Voice in Canada talk about why they love voice technology and what to expect from Terry's session at the Voice Summit this July.
1: I'm Pete Erickson. I'm the founder of MoDev. MoDev is a community building organization I founded 10 years ago. We also build a series of conferences and communities, one of which is Voice Summit, which is, happens now to be the, the largest gathering in the voice tech space. I am thrilled to be involved in this community. So a lot of folks know me as the organizer of Voice Summit. And if folks want to check it out, they can go to Voicesummit.ai. We have more than 300 speakers coming from 25 countries, and we expect about 5,000 attendees in July Terry, of which you are one of our esteemed returning speakers and partners on this event. I remember talking to you very early on, and uh, it's been great. So that's what I'm up to, and I think that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today, certainly. In addition to just how far this space has come in just the past year, but as you know, voice has been around for decades, in fact. It's been building slowly. But now all of a sudden, here we are in this voice first era, and you're running the probably the number one property in this space in Canada. So here we are.
0: There we are. Absolutely. I was at Voice Summit last year, like you said, an absolutely incredible event. And I know through our discussions that you have some pretty neat additions to the event, shall we say. Can you talk to us a little bit about kind of some of the things that are, well, the same, but also some of the new elements that you're adding
1: into the event this year? Yeah, there's a few things. You know, last year we're really focused on the content. I think that what we wanted to do was we just wanted to bring everybody together. We wanted as many voices heard as possible. We are continuing in that spirit this year, but then we're adding in some key activations that were not part of last year's event. So we have like the voice awards, for example, that is on Wednesday night. It's a full awards dinner. We're going to be giving out awards across about 15 different categories And I know that, uh, you know, our friends at uh, Amazon, Alexa, Samsung and Microsoft are giving out special awards there as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're also adding in the Sonic Brand Society, which is a new networking community for specifically around audio branding. We're going to be launching that at the Grammy Museum on Tuesday night, the 23rd. So, you know, more structured networking type events and uh, we're going to add on a hackathon on Monday, which is going to be, I think, a highly sought after fun event, especially for students or those that just want to get their feet wet with technology and there's be prizes. We're also adding a STEAM day that day. So we're going to do special programming for uh, middle school to high school kids and do their very own program that day. And uh, we're really looking forward to that. So, yeah, we're adding in a bunch of elements onto the event. And then I think for folks that were there last year, they're going to see a evolutionary leap in the expo and what to expect on site. The activations we're getting really excited about. Unbelievable! Uh, I don't know actually how you all put it all together, but uh, somehow you
0: manage. And I got to give a shout out to your team because I know you've got a huge team behind you, and I know it wouldn't be possible without them as
1: well. So you've got a fantastic team. Absolutely, I, I got to echo you on that. You know, we're a group of folks that are passionate about building community and building people together. I think the one thing that you know a lot of people know this, but organizing events is a lot of work. It is incredible amount of detail. You know, and we're dealing with three hundred speakers, over a hundred sponsors, thousands of attendees vendors and it all can't happen unless people are behind the scenes doing work. We are incredibly lucky. I call them the motivators to have the motivators working behind the scenes. And thank you so much for recognizing that, Terry. That is amazing. So like you
0: said, you've got thousands of people coming. There's going to be all different areas that are covered, everything from healthcare to flash briefings. Those are the two of the topics that I'm really interested in. And I had the opportunity to look at some of the submissions as you asked me to be on the the board. You know, for people out there that are wondering if should they attend this event, it's pretty clear you should and get out there because the speakers are going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Shout out to you.
1: The way that I position it is this is a fundamental change in the way that we access our products and services across the board, whether it's in our home, at our work, in our car. If you are out there and you're at all curious about what does this mean for me as a business owner or in any other capacity, this is the event where you're going to get your questions answered. The knowledge transfer that's going to happen there is really unprecedented in this space, but almost in most technology circles, you won't find very many conferences where there are 300 speakers and, you know, 250 sessions. So this is an opportunity to really get caught up on this space and to take a deep dive. I want to turn it back to you a little bit, Terry, because you're speaking at the event. We have you on four different sessions. You're going to be given your own session on flash briefings, which you call the prime real estate of voice. That's going to be a fantastic session. 45 minutes for anybody that wants to know. Terry really is one of the leading authorities in flash briefings you know, you're on a healthcare panel, of course, for folks that, that aren't aware from our podcast, Terry, I need to stop here and really introduce you. We haven't done that. You're a physician. You were not in the voice first space just a few years ago, but now here you are sort of one of the preeminent authorities on voice just in general, but you also come at it from a physician standpoint. Give us a little background on you and Alexa in Canada. Where's all this headed? Yeah, it's a good question. Sometimes
0: I'm not sure where I find enough hours in the day, but as busy people do, I think we tend to just sort of fit it in. Well, yeah, my name is Terry Fisher. I am a physician out in Vancouver. I'd have to say my three biggest interests, passions are education, technology, and healthcare. And as of a couple of years ago, you're absolutely right. I was not involved in the voice for space at all, but I have always been interested in those three things, education, technology, and healthcare you know, I started hearing the rumblings of these voice first assistants coming to Canada and I was very intrigued. And the more I started looking into it, the more I realized this is something that is going to revolutionize everything that we do, but also from the healthcare perspective, being a physician, of course. Some of my background, which people may not know, is before I did medical school, I actually did an education degree. So I am a teacher and I love teaching about technologies. I love teaching at medical school. And I went on the web And I started looking for resources about what does all this stuff mean? How does this particularly impact Canadians, but also everybody in the areas of healthcare, in the areas of education, and so on. And I really could not find anything at the time. And so I decided that I was going to create some type of resource for people. And so the first thing I did was I launched the Alexa in Canada website, which is a resource for people to learn all about how to get the most out of Alexa. I've done polls of my audience, and I've got a lot of people that are sort of the end consumers of using the devices. There's also a lot of voice industry professionals, developers, and so on that like to tune into that as well. Around the same time, I started to learn about flash briefings. And I've been a podcaster in the past, and I saw flash briefings, and I still see flash briefings as one of the biggest opportunities right now as far as educating, getting a message out to your audience, whoever that may be. And so I jumped on that. And I'm very proud to say, very humbled to say that ever since I launched it, my Flash Briefing has been the number one Flash Briefing in Canada. And I'm now approaching my 500th consecutive episode of the Flash Briefing.
1: That is awesome.
0: And I don't actually know. I'd love to know if anybody check, like, what is the longest running Flash Briefing? Because I don't know, but I can't imagine that there are many more longer than that right now at 500 episodes so far. One of the things I'm going to do, actually, just so you know, and you listeners know, at 500, which is in a couple of weeks there's a very, very special surprise and involves prizes for my audience to celebrate and to thank everybody. So that's
1: just one area. Very cool. Well, we got to get the word
0: out on that. So that's one area. Then of course, being a physician, I launched Voice First Health, which is the same kind of idea, educating the public about what's going on in at the intersection of healthcare and voice. And I launched the two podcasts, Alexa in Canada, Voice First Health. And then kind of putting everything together, I also launched Briefcast.fm, which is now the number one and the first And only as far as I know, network for flash briefings where I vet flash briefings, because as we know, one of the issues is with discoverability of good skills and flash briefings. And this is a resource that people can go to find the best flash briefings and tune in. And the last thing I'll mention is I then created a course flash briefing formula, which is an entirely free premium
1: course on how to create a flash briefing. So I've been busy. Wow. That's amazing. By the way, I did not know that you also were uh, had that teaching degree and it all makes sense. It's sort of like one of those puzzle pieces just kind of goes, oh, yeah, well, that totally makes sense. Well, we need a lot of teachers and we need a lot of folks that are sharing their knowledge because it is moving so fast. And I think that... Even the whole concept of flash briefings, you know, is new to a lot of folks. But once they start to understand it and listen to it, maybe start hearing somebody's flash briefing every day, they recognize they can get caught up in a minute or two on what somebody's uh, working on. They can get a good, maybe a good piece of advice. So very good on you to get ahead of that curve. We have started a flash briefing for Voice Summit. It's a team effort. Uh, We all contribute to it. And I've got to say the 500 consistent is fantastic because I find myself not getting my flash briefing done, even though it just takes a few minutes. That's an amazing amount of commitment. And uh, I'm excited about the 500th flash briefing. You know, it's a little bit if you look at the trends in in podcasting and the dailies that have come out, like the news dailies, you know, New York Times probably has the probably the most fa- famous one, uh, the Daily from New York Times. And uh, but NPR's come out with theirs, BBC, everybody sort of followed suit. And those typically are, you know, 20 to 25 minutes. Well, flash briefings is sort of the next, I guess, level of that in a very micro form. But um, you can see the industries sort of moving this direction. And I can see marketers actually getting on this as well. Imagine getting, if you really love a product or a service or a store, maybe getting a daily flash briefing on what's happening that day. Absolutely. That's exactly it. I just think there's so much opportunity there. And,
0: you know, whether you are a marketer, like you said, whether you are a nonprofit organization, you just want to raise awareness about your cause, whether you have a passion, you just want to share that. It's such a great way to reach that audience And here's one of the really interesting things about flash briefings that I find versus other skills is that, you know, one of the issues right now, of course, is that whenever you want to use a skill, you have to open that skill or enable that skill, start that skill. So every time it's Alexa, blah, 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 but open whatever skill it is with the flash briefing, you say that once, and then that flash briefing is on your feed. And now all of a sudden you're not actually using the invocation name anymore. You're just simply saying, Alexa, tell me the news. Right. So you don't have to remember the invocation name
1: for the flash briefing like you do for other skills. That's really cool. So let's talk about Voice Summit a little bit. Let's do it. We've got you very busy there. You're going to be a part of four separate sessions at Voice Summit. Uh, That's what you get when you're a doctor and a teacher, Terry. Thanks. And you show up, especially after you've done uh, 500 flash briefings, you're going to get uh, cornered. But we did mention on Tuesday from 1 to 145 is your flash briefings talk. And I imagine that you're going to take folks on that talk sort of through a how to get started and what can they expect from that? Yeah, absolutely. What I like to do in those kinds of talks is first give the overview
0: to the flash briefing. We'll talk about a little more about the opportunity, give some stats, some very interesting statistics of, you know, where we are with flash briefings versus podcasts right now and why it's a great opportunity. I'm going to milk that analogy for all it's worth when it comes to prime real estate, because I think it's a really good one right now to take advantage of it. And then I'm going to basically give a tutorial we're going to go through. We're going to show people how to go about setting up an efficient flash briefing, We're going to record a live flash briefing for my flash briefing from the uh, workshop itself. So people can actually see one, how we put it up. And so when people come away from that, they will have the basic knowledge of how to set it up on their own. And so it'll be really actionable. And like I say, when they come away
1: from that, they will be able to go home and set up their own flash briefing. That's fantastic. Then we've got you uh, integrating voice into value-based healthcare triumphs and challenges. That's a panel. That's going to be a fantastic discussion that is going to be moderated by Emil Protolinski. He is the news editor from VentureBeat. Should be a great session. Again, that's Tuesday afternoon. So you get a break after your flash briefing session for an hour, Terry. So uh, definitely get fueled up. And then after that, you're going to give an executive briefing. This is more like an industry roundtable. So think of this as in a boardroom. And it's an opportunity for executives to sit around that board table, talk about the issues that are important to them. So less a one to many talk and more of a roundtable discussion opportunity. This is also something new that we've added into the program this year are these executive briefings where folks can sit in a smaller room and uh, talk eyeball to eyeball about the issues that they're facing. So we're excited about uh, you participating there. And then on Wednesday, you've got another panel called the longevity economy and uh, really exploring the cross-industry opportunities there. A really exciting area. You know, the longevity economy and voice reminds me a little bit of the WE phenomenon. I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, when WE came out, they were pleasantly surprised that there were two market segments that took off at the same time. One was the teen market, and the other was the retirees that learned to use this Wii device because it it allowed them to do motion and all these things. And it was a little bit unexpected, maybe not totally unexpected voice in the longevity economy. However, it is a high growth area for this space. Let's chat a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being in the healthcare space, it almost seems like
0: every day I'm hearing about another person or another developer, another company that is jumping into the, what's known as aging in place sector. And that's really about keeping the older population living at home. And I really do truly believe that this is going to have an incredible impact on this. When you can put a device, whatever that device is, whatever company it is, but you know, when you can put a device in a home where an aging person can interact with this device simply through voice there's no other technology to learn and it literally can act as a care aid for this person providing medication reminders you know reminders of appointments checking in how they're doing checking how their symptoms are monitoring their health care what i will often say is i think we're heading towards a healthcare system where it's becoming more decentralized and it's going to allow this population to bring healthcare into their home literally and it's going to take pressure off of our healthcare system, off of the overworked workers. It's really, really exciting. And yeah, it's fascinating. And one of the things I've been talking about this so much, and I'm very fortunate, I'm actually giving a TEDx talk about um, healthcare and voice technology in the coming weeks in Washington. And this is very much part of the talk that I'm giving. Oh, well, please
1: definitely share that information with me. So you're coming here to give a TEDx talk? In Washington, in San Juan Islands. Washington State? Oh, San Juan Islands. What, that Washington? I now live in the D.C. area for folks that know I'm in Arlington, but I moved here from Seattle, Washington, 10 years ago. And um, I definitely miss my old Washington. I'll be taking the family there. Uh, We still have a lot of family. We're taking the kids there this summer. Oh, San Juan Islands in the summertime, giving a talk. I mean, Terry, that's good living there. It's great. So, yes. So to answer your
0: question, that's a very, very exciting area. And I know you've got some excellent speakers commenting on that area and the fact
1: that the voice technology is so incredibly easy to use for this population. Yes, and we have so many really smart folks. And you know, Heidi Culbertson, Theodore Lau, David Box, Martin Lenz Fitzgerald, folks that are like really pushing the envelope in this space. And then lots of organizations that are really embracing this as well. So, a lot of the big healthcare providers, so the big payers, and strategists from the healthcare industry are going to be a part of this discussion as well. We're definitely excited about that. Yeah, Terry. So let's do maybe some predictions
0: here. You read my mind. Uh, I was going to ask you, what are you most excited about coming up here in the next, you know, a couple of years? And what do you think is it, where we're we going? How, where are we going with this?
1: Well, I think um, today, this afternoon, we're going to do some on camera interviews here at my office in Arlington, Virginia. One of them is with a developer that has basically broken through and is making a lot of money in this space just with an Alexa skill. And one of the predictions I have is that in a year from now, the monetization models for developers are going to open up and and bring a lot more independent developers into this space. I'm really excited about that, but it's already happening and we want to highlight some of the examples of folks that have figured out. And, you know, these are uh, small subscriptions that basically if you have a skill, you can ask somebody to enter into the premium version of that skill. And just with a uh, voice approval, they can start, uh, you know, getting a subscription. So I believe that the monetization models are going to open up in a year from now, we're going to have a much different discussion. I think that thus far it's been a little bit, how do I make money in this space? If I'm not a major brand just trying to engage, or if I'm not a healthcare system trying to improve patient outcomes. But if I'm a developer and I'm a gamer or I want to be, you know, creative and come up with something new, how do I make money doing this? I believe monetization a year from now is going to be a uh, monumental leap from where we are today. We're going to start highlighting some examples of developers that are already very successful in that, on that front.
0: That's great. And I know recently there was an article on uh, Nick Schwab from Invoked Apps. He really was the one that sort of defined that ambient sound skill segment. And there's a great article. I, I believe it's in Forbes, if I'm not mistaken. It was on CNN. Oh, CNN. Sorry. Yeah, CNN fantastic. And it's basically how he has been able to supplement his income quite substantially to the point that he's gone out and bought himself some
1: nice things like a Tesla. So he bought himself a red Model 3. Yeah, I saw Nick last week at the Remars conference in Las Vegas, and we had a good chuckle and laugh about that. But Nick is also a speaker at Voice Summit. So my prediction, Terry, is really around the monetization models across platforms. So whether it's the Amazon Alexa, the Google Home or the Google Nest, or if it's uh, Samsung Bixby, which has launched and uh, we've been a partner with them on that launch. Uh, we have got some um, workshops that will have taken place by the time this podcast airs and uh, they will be bringing a award winner to the uh, Voice Summit as well. Anyways, yeah. So I think that uh, monetization. So anyway, how about you? What's your prediction?
0: You know, I have to think, uh, going back to sort of my background in healthcare, I'm really excited about that and continuing to see the developments in there. As I'm sure some of your listeners will know, HIPAA compliance was finally announced by Amazon in the last couple of months. It's not openly available yet, but I think this is really a game changer for uh, healthcare because now people can actually use these devices going forward as medical devices, and then it can store personal information. So up until now, we've only been able to really have these devices provide information, but not capture personal information. And I think now that really changes things. And another thing that I'm really interested in, which I think is fascinating, is the whole idea of voice as a vital sign. Vocal biomarkers. So instead of physicians, as I'm sure many of your people are familiar, physicians use a number of different parameters as vital signs, blood pressure, weight, temperature, and so on. But there's lots of research being done that shows that just listening to the sound of someone's voice and the way that their voice changes over time can actually be indicative of diseases and risks of death, literally risks of death by listening to someone's voice. You can listen to a cough and it can give you a diagnosis. And so this kind of goes back to when you put these devices in the home and it's simply listening to your voice and it knows or it suggests that hmm, there's something going on here with this person's cognition. This could be an early sign of Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or depression or and it can start to alert you or your care provider about these things. That is absolutely incredible in my mind. So we're not there yet, but that's what's coming down the pipe in the future. And I don't think it's going to be too long before we start to see some
1: real amazing applications. Oh, that's cool. Well, I love that. And uh, your angle as a physician on this space, I think it's really good for the entire industry to have your perspective and uh, love hearing your predictions, Terry. Well, this has been a lot of fun for me. It's a wonderful way to start a Friday. And I know it's a very early Friday. I appreciate you getting up early and accommodating and having this discussion. So let's meet up in Newark and have some fun. And by the way, the Voice House Band, Sonic Truth, is going to happen. I'm going to follow up with you. I've also got my sister, Christy, and brother-in-law, Steve Smith. They own the Seattle Drum School of Music. They teach more than 15 disciplines. They're an amazing uh, business there in Seattle. Yeah, they've been a, a stalwart in the music industry there for 30 years. They're coming out to Voice Summit to join us. There's going to be a lot of music and we actually have a special announcement that we'll be making on another musician that's going to be a part of Voice Summit. We can't release that yet, but uh, a musician turned entrepreneur, let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of music involved. You know, We see voice representing so many different aspects from the technology that's speaking to us now, but also our human voice, the spoken word the performing word and the singing word. We're really excited about that. So Terry, a lot of fun for me to chat with you today. Thanks so much for being a part of what we're doing, an important part of this community. And uh, let's go have some fun in July, shall we? Absolutely.
0: Well, I'm really glad to hear about the band. That's going to be awesome. So I'm going to make sure I pack my drumsticks. Pack your sticks. I'll make sure we get a kit. Awesome. Awesome. And hey, likewise, this has been a lot of fun. This is a really fun way to do a podcast and just have a chat back and forth. Before we let you go, just tell my listeners... If they don't know, where can they go to find out more about what you're doing and learn more about Voice 7?
1: Absolutely. So Voicesummit.ai is going to have all the information for you there. And just to kind of reiterate the programming, it's a four-day event. We have a Day Zero event on Monday, July 22nd. What we call Day Zero is we have a hackathon. We have our pre-conference workshops. You know, Brett Kinsella is going to give a three-hour strategy workshop. Anybody that wants to understand this space would be very well served to take Brett's workshop. But Wally Bro from Google and Adiva Levine and Jeff Jess Williams, Heidi Culbertson, the folks that are giving the long-form workshops. I mean, just what a wealth of information and a chance to sit down for three hours with somebody in this space. So our pre-conference workshops are on Monday, July 22nd. And then we've got a whole slate on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, keynotes, talks, panels, networking, and fun we've got our startup expo on Tuesday afternoon and evening as well. More than a hundred startups joining us from around the world. So it's going to be a crazy few days at the end of July. But again, anybody that's curious, this is the spot to basically get caught up on this space. Go to voicesummit.ai and uh, check it out. Tickets are very affordable. We've made the entry level affordable for most folks. But if people need a scholarship, we also have scholarships for students or folks that are transitioning jobs or need some assistance. We are there to help you and give you access to the space. So definitely apply for a scholarship as well. Fantastic.
0: All right, Pete. Well, like I said, it's always fun to chat with you and I can't wait to see you there in uh, in Newark and play
1: some tunes. That'll be fun. Amen. Gonna be a lot of fun, Terry. Thanks a lot.